What's up, guys? You're listening to the 509 Car Club podcast. If you're a car enthusiast from the 509, then you're in the right place. If you're not from the 509, then stay and listen because we might say something relevant. What's up, guys? We are back with another podcast. We have some news for you, some good news, some bad news, and some interesting news. So let's hop right into it. First off, we're going to start off with the bad news just to get out of the way. As technology advances and everything is getting more and more electric, there's a group in San Diego that wants to ban gas-powered car purchases over $50,000. So you buy a car over $50,000, that's gas. They don't want you to be able to. It's some environmentalist group in San Diego. Not surprised. So the environmental activists have announced they're calling for a ban. And to get the measure on the ballot for a vote in November, they will need 76,500 verified petition signatures, which the group behind the action, Breathe Free America, says it will start collecting in March. The city clerk, though, says it recommends the groups usually start a year before the election to get everything collected and delivered in time. Um, It doesn't say much about why. Well, we all know why. It's just because they don't like the CO2 that's in the air. But I I, I really don't see this happening. Mm. Could you imagine? Banning. That'd be crazy. That'd be stupid. stupid. Like, you're telling me I can't buy my Ferrari. Yeah. Like, like maybe in like forty years, I could. If anything, I I guarantee you anything that if they banned gas-powered car purchases under fifty thousand dollars, they would kill CO two way more than if they banned anything over fifty thousand dollars. All the CO two cars, all the gas-powered cars, are usually under fifty thousand dollars. Like if people are using them for like a day-to-day commute. So if you just ban everything. Under fifty thousand, people couldn't buy the cars, and then they would just buy electric, right? But obviously, that wouldn't happen either. That should be impossible. I don't know why they're trying to take away our freedom of buying things. It's kind of annoying the shit out of me. New York, they got restrictions like that, but on other stuff. But yeah, so uh, maybe we should make a petition to uh, ban the purchase of electric cars. <laughs> We could get hella people to sign that. Make it make a petition to ban the purchases of Prius. You down? <laughs> Unless it's gonna be wide body. <laughs> if you buy a Prius, it comes with a wide body kit. Otherwise, no purchase. No purchases made whatsoever. It would be really funny if Toyota made a Prius that was gas powered. Mm-hmm. Like, like it had like a two liter turbo in it, and it was all like quick, like two hundred and twenty five horsepower or something like that. Lit, all two door. Bro, they should make a they should make a Prius Sports GRD. Hmm, I'd be down. I would be down. They have their all wheel drive Prius. Jesus Christ. The Breathe Free America people who want to ban the purchase of gas-powered vehicles, $50,000 or more, um, 
they want to add a 2.5% use or 2.5% tax that would raise up to $30 million for the city. Jesus. No more taxes. Too many. But yeah, so that, that that's uh, definitely not going behind that one. It's crap. But you know what is interesting? Um, Hyundai has made a GPS system that runs off the transmission, and the transmission shifts based on the location and the traffic and the speed. Kind of lit. Yeah, so like the transmission sees that there's a corner coming, coming, so they start it starts downshifting, and then as you come out of the corner, it'll start upshifting. And then if it's snowy, it'll downshift at certain times and upshift at certain times a little bit differently to retain traction and all that good stuff. That's wild. That's some uh, real technology. So all it does is using, it uses mapping data sensors and it will be added to future vehicles. Um, And eventually it'll use a 5G vehicle to infrastructure communications it will be integrated into the system. Um, but yeah, so this is a creation by Hyundai and Kia. And they hope to implement these this technology soon. I'm not exactly sure when, but soon. Um, they call it the ICT. But it, what it will do is predict the optimal shift scenario for real-time driving situations through an artificial intelligence algorithm. And we'll then use that information to decide when to shift the gears. During testing on a curvy road, the automaker said shifts in cornering were reduced by 43%. It also noted that braking was reduced by 11% thanks to the smarter transmission. The technology is coming to future Kia and Hyundai models, although no word on which ones or when that'll happen. But the automaker did say that at some point it intends to integrate 5G vehicle to infrastructure connections to inform the transmission of the best time to shift up or down. I think that's pretty badass. Mm. One thing I don't like about these new cars is how controlling they're getting. Like you, they're starting to make you not do a single thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, which is like fine. Obviously, technology is advancing. Um, but, you know, the reason why we drive cars is, you know, because we love it. You know, we, we like the ability of the car, how it can handle, how it steers, how it accelerates. Um, we drive the car for the mechanics. We don't drive it to get to point A to point B, which, you know, most of society does. You know, it's just a vehicle to get them point A to point B. I mean, they want it to be good looking, but that's about it. So when they have all these technology that helps you, it makes you do less. They absolutely love it and they eat it up. Not me, but I still think it's cool. Interesting technology. Shaky. All right. And those were our two news. Um, the rest is just a bunch of new cars. So Aston Martin has a new car. Maserati has a new car. And the Golf GTI is about to drop. But let's start off with Aston Martin. They have a SUV now called the Q version of DBX. The luxury SUV can be customized a little or a lot, as this dark bespoke example illustrates. So enhancements to the new Aston Martin DBX are offered by Aston's Q division, ranging from accessories to unique colors and components. This concept will be on display in March at the Geneva Auto Show. Shows the level of change possible to the high-end crossover. 
It has satin gray paint and 22-inch black alloy wheels are a part of Aston's mid-rank Q collection. 22-inch wheels. That's fat. That's fat wheels. Um, the first customers for the new Aston Martin DBX won't be getting their cars until later this year, but the British sports car maker is already working hard to entice buyers of its first SUV to spend more money. To that end, the company has announced it will be offering the same bespoke commissioning for the DBX that it offers for its existing for its existing sports car models with an example of the sort of changes affluent customers will be able to make with the DBX Q by Aston Martin concept that is set to be shown next month at the Geneva Auto Show. But bespoke is, of course, the term that luxury car brands use to indicate a generous hike in exclusivity, but also a significant increase in cost. So as the Aston Martin DBX Q, uh, the Q collection, um, it's going to make you look a lot cooler as you're driving down the road, but it's going to put a big old dent in your wallet unless you're making mills. But if you ain't racking in bags, I don't think you're going to be buying this. But that's all you guys. Um, I think it looks good. Yeah, I mean, the the grills on the Aston Martins have always been big. But I think it's a good-looking crossover. Definitely one of the best. Kind of reminds me of um, um, the Lamborghini. What's the Urus? Yeah. Um, it definitely has some aspects taken from that. Um, but I don't blame them because that Lamborghini Urus is a beautiful car or SUV. Um, but yeah, I definitely think this comes a close second or third because it is good looking. I'll tell you that. It still retains the sportiness of it. Um, it also looks like it, they definitely took pieces off the uh, Alfa Romeo SUV, um, which I really like that one as well. Um, they've nailed the looks. I wonder how it drives, how it will perform, all that good stuff. The front right fender looks exactly like the Lamborghini Urus. Um, if you guys are wondering what I'm looking at, just look up Aston Martin DBXQ and you'll see exactly what I'm staring at. But yeah, it's good looking. I'm looking forward to it. Maybe I'll review it one day. Maybe. All right. And the new other new car, which this will be a bit better, is the Maserati sports car. And it'll be called the MC20. It's mid-engine. Uh, it debuts in May, and it will eventually spawn in a racing division. So there are other, other mid-engine vehicles were race cars. They use them in racing divisions, blah, 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 won, won all kinds of stuff. Um, but the MC stands for Maserati Course, and this signifies that this model will compete in some sorts of racing series and will debut in May of 2020 and should go on sale in the U.S. sometime in 2021. They don't have any pictures right now. All they have is it driving down the street, um, but it's got that crazy looking wrap on it, so you can't see too much detail. Um, it's got three very large vents in the front and large vents on the rear quarter panel uh, or the rear fender. Big old headlights. It looks it looks cool. I'm curious what it's going to look like because the three vents up, up in the front look kind of weird. Uh Apparently, there's a lot of drama going on uh, with a name. People don't like that it's just MC20. They wanted an actual name for it. But the reason they used MC20 um, was because they want their last Maserati race car uh, was the MC12. 
uh, a limited production supercar from 2004 that shared components with the Ferrari Enzo. I'm sure you guys have all seen that before. Um, I never really knew the name of it, but if you guys look it up, um, you guys would probably recognize it. It's on a bunch of racing car games and all that good stuff. But yeah, so I'm interested in what Maserati really doesn't put out sports cars. They kind of just four or yeah. like they have sports cars, but they don't really have like a mid engine. The last one was the MC 12 in 2004, but that was mainly just a race car. I don't, really, I don't think they've actually had one where they produced it and sold it to uh, the public. But yeah. I don't know why there's so much um, stigma around the name. I don't think the name is that important, really, as long as it drives well. The moment you guys have all been waiting for, not really, but really, the new Volkswagen Golf GTI is almost here. It debuts March 3rd. Um, there's an official teaser illustration, gives us a glimpse as the new hot hatchback's front end. How do you feel about that front end? <laughs> You fucking with it or not? It looks like something that I can't think of. Uh, I don't know why they make it so squinted. Uh, like that's the only part that kind of bothers me. But they kind of made it look good. It's weird. It's got the honeycomb grill like usual. That five, those five lights in the grill are kind of sick. Yeah, it's got LED lights in the honeycomb grill. Um, and it's got a whole LED bar that goes across from headlight to headlight. Kind of like the Cybertruck. Except this is a lot better looking. But we won't worry about it. But Volkswagen has officially confirmed, though, that the Mark 8 Golf GTI will appear at the Geneva Auto Show on March 3rd, 2020. Um, the GTI will go on sale in the U.S. either in late 2020 or early 21, likely as a 2021 model. But after countless spy photos, rumors, and plenty of speculation, Volkswagen is finally talking about the new Golf GTI hot hatch for real. It will debut at the Geneva Auto Show on March 3rd, and there's a new teaser illustration that gives us a glimpse at the 8th generation car's front end. Cam. Not a lot of cars go on for eight generations. Congrats to the G, uh, Golf GTI. I wonder, when, I wonder if we'll make it all the way to 10 gens. But anyways, the honeycomb grill texture shown here dominates the GTI's lower air intake and has interestingly integrated fog light clusters. It looks slightly different than the GTI prototypes we've seen before, but V-Dub does say that the GTI it will show in Geneva's is a near production concept car. So it may not be identical to the version that will eventually reach dealerships, but um, I'm still curious what it's going to look like. Um, but its its headlights are similar to those of the standard Mark 8 Golf hatchback. And there's, of course, the requisite GTI badge prominently displayed next to the VW logo, which is the newly designed emblem. They have a new designed emblem? Oh, they like it's like saying you have a new logo, but you kind of just change the font. And that's all they did. Boring. Right. 
That's all they did. All they did was make the VW letters just a little bit skinnier and made the VW letters gray instead of white and then made the background black. Right. Looks good. Here, let me show you. See what I'm saying? Yeah, honestly, couldn't. Like, if someone didn't say that, I never would have. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I didn't notice either until it said it. I was like, oh, they changed the color and the font. <laughs> Not much, but. I guess it's enough to say it's new. But, yeah. What do we want to talk about? We were going to talk about something else. Why trucks are bad. Oh, yeah. We were going to have a debate on why trucks are bad, and I was going to debate why they're good, but still agree with Avery on why they're bad. Did you take anything away from that article? Um, not really. It was kind of more opinionated. Oh, yeah. He, he sounded very angry. Yeah. Well, do you have anything to say about why trucks are bad? They're too big. They're too big. Is that like the biggest thing? That is definitely the biggest thing. Like they just block the road? If, it, if there were Subaru Brats everywhere, it'd be perfect. But the, So the most annoying thing is their size. Yeah, because think about it. Like their wheels come out like 45 million feet. You know what I'm saying? Like, so how does that affect you as a driver? Because you're driving there trying to stay in your lane, but this other truck is taking up like 12 of them. You know what I'm saying? So you're afraid he's going to hit you. Yes. And then blame it on you. <laughs> You're a mile away. That's exactly what they fucking do. You should have watched where you are going. Pretty sure it's illegal if your truck can't fit in the lane. It definitely should be if it's not. <laughs> no, it is. But I don't think I've ever seen a truck wide enough to not fit in the lane. Like, I've seen close. I've seen, like, from an inch from the white line on both sides. That's just what I'm talking about, those. Like, whether, like, there's two. Well, is the truck the problem or are you just scared? The truck is the problem. But it's still in its lane, though. Mm-hmm. But if the truck wasn't there, then I wouldn't be scared. So the truck is the problem. Or if the truck was a normal fucking truck and not fucking 2,000 feet in the sky and then <laughs> the wheels don't even look like they're connected. Yeah, they're like, yeah, I got some 40 by 14s <laughs> on here. Dude, there was this one. It was a dually, but he had like extra wide dually tires, right? And then he had spacers between the dually tires. Oh no! And so literally, one of the one whole wheel was sticking out of his fender on both sides. That's not okay. And duallys are obviously wide as shit. But plus, so it's like adding a third wheel onto a dually. So it'd be like a. True. There's six of them. <laughs> nah, but there's there. If it's a if two is dual, what's three? Google it. We need to find this right now. Fuck. <laughs> There's probably like a really simple answer to this, but I don't know it. If two is dual, then what's three? True. Tree. 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 <laughs> it's a tree. Why is your shit so zoomed in? I have no clue. I don't know how to ask this question. Yeah, dual, but for. <laughs> <laughs> literally no somebody's way. somebody's asking for dual but for three all right all right all right all right dual is derived from the latin dualis the equivalent number for the three in latin would be trace or trio oh in english we have the word trial so try trial you can call it a trily 
Triley. <laughs> so he pretty much has a Triley. Or I guess we can call it a, a Tress or a Tria. I don't want to call it any of those. So he has a dually, but since he has a, a tire sticking out, it's pretty much like he has three wheels on both sides. Anyways, that truck's freaking fat. I hope he listens to this podcast because he's going to be like, oh, he's talking about me. <laughs> yeah, dude, your truck's fucking huge. I couldn't imagine driving it. There's no way he could fit in anything parking spot-wise. Because parking spots are usually skinnier than the road is. So, yeah. Is that it? Is that the only thing you have wrong with trucks? Other than them being ugly? And the fucking, the smell of diesel. Oh yeah, Avery hates the smell of diesel. Give me a headache. Literally instantly. Remember that one time you asked me, I was like, if you could own any truck, what would it be? And then you were like, one with a turbo? <laughs> no. Yeah. I don't and I was like, well, that's only diesels. But I was wrong. F-150. The F-150 has, I'm pretty sure, um, a twin turbo V6. Like some EcoBoost? Yeah. <laughs> so, you can just get one of those. It's a gasser. No, I'm not getting the truck. And then you can, just, you can just get with a fat blow-off. If No, if you had to tow your car. Like like you got this hella stanced out drift car or whatever that you got to drive to the track. You can't drive it because it's not road legal. So you have to tow it. So I'm saying you can use an F-150. V8 Subaru Brat. It's, it's not that it doesn't have enough power. Well, it's it just that it's not. No, it's just that it's not heavy enough. Hmm. You need weight. That's what you have to have. Subaru Forester. <laughs> That's still not, that doesn't weigh enough. That's why they have uh, half ton, three quarter tons, and one tons. One tons weigh the most. They're the biggest. So they can pull the most. You have to have weight. You probably just have someone else do it. I'm not trying to drive a truck. I'll drive it. Oh, there we go. <laughs> then you the what if I'm not there? Well, then my car's not going anywhere. <laughs> right. There's no way you're going to give up a day at the track to drift just because you don't want to drive an hour of I, the truck. I would. Genuinely. You would give up eight hours of drifting for one hour of truck driving. I would find a way to get there with the car. You just fucking <laughs> down the road. <laughs> yeah. There's no way. You wouldn't, if you were fucking so excited, I'm like, dude, I can't drive. And you're like, there's no way you'd be like, all right, I'm just going to stay home. <laughs> no, you'd hop in that motherfucking dr- truck and take your car down there. Cool. Now, now you could sit there at the track until I get there because you don't want to drive back. Mm-hmm. I could see you doing that. I would do that. You're like, I'm not leaving. Sleep in your car mm-hmm. or something. Literally. Might as well. One day. All right, guys, that's all we have for the podcast today. I want to say thank you for tuning in. If you guys haven't go haven't checked out the YouTube or the Instagram yet, uh, please go check it out. They're both at 509 Car Club. And make sure you guys go tell a friend, a family member who are all car enthusiasts to make sure to listen to the podcast because, you know, we're the best one in the 509. All right, thanks again, guys.